The We're LCC podcast is a monthly show that comes out on the 9th of every month. But if you hit the subscribe or follow button on your podcast app, you'll never need to remember that because the show will automatically be there. So go ahead and hit the subscribe or follow button on your podcast app now. We are LCC, a podcast emanating from the halls of Lower Canada College on Royal Avenue in Montreal. Here's alumni officer Christine Jones. Today, we have Christina Ashkar, Chartered Professional Accountant, who began her journey with PSB Boisjolie as an intern in 2005 and rose up the ranks to become partner in 2019. Her passion and energy make her one of the most admired professionals in the field. We have a candid conversation about her successes and challenges in her personal and professional life and everything she's learned along the way. Christina, thank you so much for joining us on the We Are LCC podcast. We're so happy to have you as one of our guests. My pleasure. It's great to be here. Can you tell us a bit about your journey from graduating LCC to where you are now in your career? Yeah, absolutely. So I graduated from LCC in 2002, and then I came back to LCC in 2003 and did the pre-U program. I sort of followed in my older brother's footsteps who did the same thing. So it was a little bit of an easy call for me to just kind of go and copy what he did. So finished grade 12 in 2003. And, and then I went on to Queen's University in Kingston. And I majored in commerce. And, you know, I had just an awesome four years at Queen's. It was certainly uh, an experience. It's, you know, I, I really appreciated moving away from home, you know, meeting new people, living with roommates, dealing with, you know, schedules of who's cleaning this and who's cleaning that. And, you know, it was certainly a fun four years. And I think it was also a little bit of a rude awakening. You know, it's hard to go from being a, an honor roll student at LCC to going to Queens and doing your first assignment for your first class and failing it. And, you know, I felt like a failure and a loser. And then couple that with the fact that I ha- had a bit of a rough go when I first got to Queens. I managed to spill an entire pot of water on my laptop and fried it in my first week of, of school. So I had to deal with that. And then that same week, I somehow managed to flush my residence room key down the toilet at a movie theater. You know, I got ringworm. It was just, it it was a bit of a nightmare, but a bit of an adjustment period. And I think it was kind of good to go through that. You know, I I certainly was able to count on what I had learned from LCC to help me through that. You know, it kind of made a difference to have that experience and to kind of refine your confidence level there. And so I graduated from Queens in 2007. And while I was at Queens, I always came back to Montreal for my summers. And After my second year, I did an internship here at a firm called PSB Beaujolais, which is an accounting firm that really specializes in the small and medium-sized enterprise market. We are a full-service firm for private clients in, in a variety of industries. And when I started here, we were 80 people, and I just absolutely loved it. I loved the people that I worked with. The accounting side was so different than what I learned in school, but I found it to be super interesting. And after I graduated from Queens, you know, I I had the option of going to live in Toronto and kind of going down that road. And it wasn't something that I wanted to do. My heart was really in Montreal. So I was happy to come back and I came back here full time in 2007. And then over the course of the years, you know, I sort of moved up the ranks. I was a junior auditor and intermediate to senior. I was promoted to manager in 2012. And then I made it to partner in the start January 1, 2019. So now I'm a a partner in our audit department. We're about 25 partners here at the firm and we've reached about 250 people. And, you know, I have the privilege of working with some really great managers and having the opportunity to manage the audit department with, you know, our 45 staff members. And in my day to day, I, I get to deal with a ton of owner managed businesses. 
provide accounting, audit, tax services to them. And I have a slew of clients in a variety of industries, which is super engaging and fun to learn and be part of. And, you know, I absolutely love the profession and what it has to offer. And I sort of become a little bit of of furniture here at the firm. And, you know, in my day to day here at the office, you know, I'm part of our recruitment team and highly involved in the recruitment of of university students and, and staff members that get hired with us. I was just recently named to our executive committee as well at the the partner level, which has been a fun experience so far. So again, the one female in in the group so far, but it's okay. We're going to sort of take down one brick at a time. That's been my journey. And, you know, I I love this city. I absolutely love what LCC provided for me, you know, as a student while I was at LCC and what it kind of propelled me into at Queens and and in my career. There's so many things that I can draw on from my experiences at the school. And I think it really shaped a lot of who I am today. And, you know, I speak to some of my old classmates, you know, they always tell me, Chris, you're like the same person that you were back at LCC. You're just a little bit older now. So that experience from LCC to university to now, a CPA, a partner in an audit firm has just been, it's just awesome when I think back and look at what I've accomplished. And it's been super rewarding thus far, and I'm sure it will be for the rest of my career. And so what would you, what could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you would say your mantra is? Yeah, so I I think my mantra is just do it. I'm someone who can't be complacent. I can't sit on things. I hate things when, you know, there's something to do and, and we don't get it done. And I dislike inefficiencies. I've always had a lot of energy when I was a kid. So I I really find ways to, you know, use up that energy, whether that's playing sports or just always being in action. And I think it's something that's helped me to really have a, a Nike just do it mentality in my life. I think it's really helped propel my career. I think it's also helped propelled a lot of, you know, what I've been able to accomplish just, you know, as a CPA and as a professional. And I think it's just sort of helped define a little bit who I am. People who know me well count on me to get something done, count on me to, you know, solve a problem or, you know, go pick them up in the middle of the night because they've run into an issue or whatever the case may be. I've kind of lived through, you know, different circumstances. And I think that that mentality has really helped me a lot to just push my thoughts out of the way and just kind of get things done. And so what would you say then in your career, what some of the biggest challenges are that you faced? You know what? It's a great question. And I think that everyone has different types of challenges that they face. And I think for me, my biggest hurdle was really more of a personal challenge. You know, I work in a profession that's still in this day and age, even though we're in 2022, and it's changing now and I could see it visibly. But, you know, it's a bit of a historical profession that's still largely male dominated. There's 25 partners here at the firm. There's only three women amongst us. So part of my challenge was really a personal one because you know, I'm someone who's gay. And when I was a little bit younger in my career, I always had the thought like that was going to impact my professional growth, that it's kind of taboo that, you know, people who are in such a strict or more rigid profession, whether that's accountants or lawyers, they're not going to really view that well. And then to boot, my significant other also works at the same firm as me. So I really had double trouble (laughs) with that. So I think one of the biggest things that, you know, I overcame was just realizing that a lot of what I made up about that was stuff that I made up about it. And it wasn't so much the way people actually view it from the outside world. Like our thoughts and our feelings and our ideas of things are often very different than what is out there in reality. And I think that for me, kind of realizing that that was the case 
it really, you know, eliminated a barrier that I felt like existed, but it didn't actually exist. So for me, that was a big thing to overcome. And like, I remember still to this day, like, I told my, he's a partner here at the firm, but at the time he was my boss when I was a manager. I told him in 2015 that I was gay. And I remember I didn't eat for three days before that. So it was, it was to that extent. And finally to kind of surpass that, overcome it, like not have an issue with it, not have an opinion about it, not have a problem with it. It was very freeing. I was able to, you know, move that past me and kind of put it, you know, really in the past and not have it out there sitting in my future, dealing with it every day. And it really made a big difference for me and my comfort level as a, as a person and my comfort level as an individual and, you know, just being proud of, you know, who I am and what I bring on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. No, I mean, it's so true. So it's not even just, you know, anyone wants to fit in and succeed in their industry, but your experience as a member of the LGBTQ plus community may have offered challenges, but like you're saying, they were maybe some that you put on yourself. And so I can imagine also that your field being stereotypically male dominated field would have sort of added to those challenges. Absolutely. And and, and now, you know, we see a shift. Like I, I look at the staff composite and I actually did a calculation the other day. I was floored, you know, 68% of our staff are females. So, you know, I'm starting to see a changing of the tide. You know, there was another female partner named partner after me. So Slowly but surely, we're sort of chipping away at the stereotypical traditional thoughts and things. But it, it definitely is, I find it, first of all, it's a challenge in a historically considered male-dominated field to be in just being a, a woman. And then combine that with the fact that I'm, you know, a female that's also part of the LGBT plus community. So it's like, oh, it's, now there's like two things to deal with, you know. But I think, as I said, a lot of the dealing with it was mostly dealing with it with myself personally not so much needing to deal with it like out in reality with other people. So. Right. Absolutely. And so in your opinion, I mean, it could be a big question, but what would you say about trying to understand different perspectives and maybe even redefining gender roles, particularly in business? I mean, I think they need to be redefined. I think that there's not a lot of forward thinking when you have very like-minded people sitting around the table. There's just not. And I think there's enough research and science and, you know, just things that have happened that have proved that. So I definitely think that there needs to continue to be a push from a female perspective or from a diversity perspective or a different background perspective to really make place for themselves to be heard at a table, to have their opinions listened to, to start chipping away at things to improve and become more open minded and being open to differing opinions and and what people have to contribute. I, I think that makes an organization successful. I think it makes a society successful. So to me, it's it's something that I think as females and as diverse people, we have come a long way with it, but I still think there's a lot, lots to go. You know, it's just slowly chipping away at it day in and day out. And in fields like yours, would you say there are very defined sort of stereotypes or leadership styles that you could elaborate on? I think that there's certain leadership styles. I mean, I've, I've been at this place since I was an intern in, in 2005. So I've now become part of the furniture here, but it's the better part of 17 years now almost. And I think that there's a certain leadership style that does exist that sometimes I agree with, sometimes I disagree with. And I guess the way I look at it is, well, how can I be a leader that could be demonstrative of the leadership type that I think is the quote unquote right leadership type? I mean, obviously people have an opinion on what's 
right leadership versus what's wrong leadership. But to me, you know, some of the most important qualities of a leader is someone who serves, someone who's thinking of others' interests before themselves, someone who really promotes collaboration and open dialogue and the ability for someone to come to you and and feel like they're comfortable sharing an issue or sharing a problem. You know, someone that listens, someone that's empathetic, someone that, you know, just gets it. And for me, that's the type of leadership that I like to employ. And that's what I'm doing on a day to day, regardless of my opinion on how I think some other leadership is happening around here. But it's all part of it, right? Like if if I'm a leader, then my goal should be to impact everyone around me, including other leaders. So it's just a question of seeing that from a long vision and not being so impacted by some decisions that I don't necessarily agree with or, you know, things like that. I think that ultimately the way I view it is that, you know, my goal is really to create a working environment and a place where where people feel appreciated, where they're happy to come to work, where they're growing, where they're developing, where they feel like they can get trained and coached. And all those things are super important. And slowly but surely, you kind of create that culture. And over time, the old traditional old guard culture sort of moves out and, and a new one moves in. What kind of advice would you offer the next generation of women? I mean, not only just women looking to succeed, but specifically as well in fields that have typically been harder for women to succeed in. I find the CPA profession just an awesome profession. And I think that accounting as a premise already has a, you know, a bad reputation of like bean counters being in brown socks in a closet with a calculator you know, running numbers, but it's a far more people profession than I think the mass public thinks, you know, with CPAs, I wear all kinds of hats, you know, yeah, looking at a financial statement and looking at numbers, sure, no problem. Looking at a tax return and dealing with some tax issues, sure, no problem. But most of our time is really spent managing, managing people, managing our clients. Sometimes we play psychologists for our clients. Sometimes we play trusted advisors. Sometimes we play problem solvers. Sometimes we play succession planner and dealing with family issues. And so there's that element of it. And then there's also the people management element of it. You know, it's certainly in a professional services firm, there's a lot of people to manage and there's a lot of training to be done. There's a lot of development that needs to happen. And there's a lot of, you know, furthering people's growth and making sure that they're challenged and they're learning and, you know, they're asking questions and, you know, they're doing the things that are going to make them successful. So I find the profession just super fascinating. I, I get to deal with owner-managed businesses, which I find extremely interesting and engaging. I've learned about all kinds of different industries, whether that's real estate or manufacturing or construction or cannabis investment managers, investment funds, like just a slew of different industries that I've got to learn about, gotten to, you know, work with different clients on over the years and develop relationships with them. So it's also a profession that's rewarding. It's extremely humbling. There's so much to know from a tax perspective, from an accounting perspective. It's really like a mountain with no top. So if you're someone who who likes like that variety and that consistency of like one day you'll feel great, the other day you'll feel like, what am I doing? But it's it's definitely something that I find is an extremely useful thing to have, just being a professional and being a CPA and just having the ability to understand numbers and understand a business situation and providing the advice that's needed and also really having the opportunity to deal with people on a day-to-day. And my advice is business, to me, accounting and financial statements are the language of business. Whatever it is that you want to do, whether you want to work in a firm for the rest of your life or you want to go and open your own business, to me, having that understanding, having that accounting background is extremely helpful. And, you know, my advice is go for it. Like I've already seen a change in the profession. Like I said earlier, it's it's become more and more female dominated, so to speak. 
when I go to recruitment events and I see the composite of, of students that are in CPA school or doing their bachelor's and majoring in accounting, there's more and more females that are there. And I just think that's awesome. I think that the, the profession needs that. I think that the profession needs female leaders who are forward thinking, who you know want to create great working environments, who want to mentor people and coach people below them and pay it forward. And I think it's a profession that offers all of that. And, you know, just, I mean, talking, yes, specifically about the profession, but of course, these challenges and things that we've kind of touched on doesn't just, you know, hit our everyday lives in terms of where we may work or what we do. So in your opinion, how can women overcome or at least try to manage some of the sexism or misogyny that still touches our everyday life? Not necessarily always in the workplace either, right? Yeah, for sure. You know what? I think talking about it is huge. You know, there was a point in my life and my career where I even thought I was a female and I was like, I never had these issues. I never felt that I was like less paid than somebody else. I never felt like I was treated differently because I was a female. And then I I don't know why, maybe it's just been over the years and I've just become more and more sensitive to it. And I recall a couple of years ago, I went to, you know, an event at a law firm and it was in a boardroom and it was this kind of like speed dating event. And at that moment, I realized, oh my gosh, I'm like the only women in this entire room, you know, it was all people from my firm, all people from the law firm. And every single one of the individuals in that room was a male. Like I was struck that I had noticed it, you know, because before I kind of didn't think that I would have, but I did. And and now I've become a lot more aware of things that, you know, are said. I wouldn't have sort of turned an eyelash before, but now I, I hear things differently. I see things a little bit different. I'm much more aware of sometimes the subliminal things that are said or, you know, maybe a sexist comment here and there, or maybe some sort of stereotypical thing that you hear as a woman. And I think for me, I think it's been great to have other females to lean on, other females to talk to about that type of stuff, to share it, you know, to share my experiences, to let other women share theirs, to let people vent. You know, I think it's it's an important thing that we need to do. Because if you're trying to kind of combat it all on your own, you're not going to get very far. So for me, there's a ton of women here at this firm who are just like awesome people and awesome leaders. And, you know, you always need someone to, to help support you in whatever it is that, you know, you might need in that circumstance. And I, I think that being able to sort of just share an experience or share a frustration without having a concern like, oh, I'm going to be judged if I, you know, if I shed a tear here, or I'm going to be judged if, you know, I show how upset I am or show a vulnerability. I think just being able to be like free about that and comfortable with yourself to talk about it has ma- has made a big difference. And you know, we have a women's group here, a women's leadership group here at the firm and I always use those opportunities to share my own experiences because I realized that in me sharing mine, there's for sure other women who sort of felt the same way in a similar situation. They've said to me like, "Oh wow, like I didn't realize that you, Christina, out of all people would be impacted by that, like showing up to an event with a bunch of bankers and you're the only chick there too, you know." And you know, and I, I say it, and for me to share that, you know, it's I notice it, it, I don't like it, I don't think it's representative, I don't think it's right, but here's how I dealt with it. I think that that lifts other women up because they know that their experience is shared and they're not living through it alone. And I think just being able to express that is huge. It's so true. And you touched on something when you said, you know, talking about it and sharing with each other, you know, I'm sure your firm and all, you know, 
with us and I've heard a lot of companies now doing a lot of diversity, equity and inclusion training and sessions so people can learn. And it's amazing when you become aware of all of those little microaggressions that happen throughout the day. It's astounding how much more we as a society have to work on things. And so it's not, you know, just with regards to gender or, you know, there's just so many things now. It's eye opening. And you say, wow, how have we been living under this rock for so long? Yeah. And I think being aware just allows you to be sensitive and sensitive in a way that you just wouldn't have before because before it's not like you're being insensitive, you're just unaware. So I think that awareness is is extremely helpful. And you know what? Like people are people and we have to be open and accepting and considerate of others and always kind of put ourselves in other people's shoes. We never really know what's going on with somebody. We never really know what a situation might be. And I find that by talking about it and sharing your own experiences, you kind of give a snippet for somebody else to kind of live through your own experience. And that has them open up and, you know, you you create relationships that way. And I think those bonds really help and go a long way in people feeling part of something. Right. It's so true. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people walk around and I mean, it probably goes even in a little bit into the world of mental health and being aware with that sort of realm of stuff that people wake up and, you know, maybe think of all their own stuff that they're going through, but don't realize that, you know, there's other people that they could share this with and try to get through those parts of their day without maybe feeling the shame or the embarrassment or, or the stress that those particular things might bring to them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you look back, let's say, at education and schooling, and I mean, when you were in school, when I was in school, as students, we didn't go through all of this the way the students and the way us as employees and places of work are now either, you know, it's very different. Yeah, it's definitely evolved. And, you know, I see it, you know, I'm a partner in this firm, and I can see the evolution that's happened over the last, you know, number of years and how things have changed. And, you know, how COVID impacted things and how, you know, pre-COVID, there was such a bad rap for people wanting to work from home and now working from home, just like an obvious thing. And, you know, there's definitely been an evolution. There's been an evolution in compensation in this profession. There's been an evolution in forward thinking and, and just being a little bit more open and putting yourself in the shoes of a staff member. And I think that's forced leaders to be better. I think, you know, a lot of the old school mentality was, you know, I'm doing you a favor because I'm employing you right? But now it's it's basically the opposite, right? And I think leaders and people who are running their business need to be mindful of that. It's, you know, you got to love your people, you got to care for them, you got to provide what is going to have them feel fulfilled, want to have them come to work, want to have them feel appreciated. When they feel appreciated, they'll always go the extra mile. And I think it's a huge thing that, you know, leaders need to focus on and whatever business line they're in. Oh, it's so true. Honestly, appreciation goes a long way, not even just in work related things. I mean, just as human beings, you know, it's nice for someone to say thank you. You know, it's funny. I I always thank staff when they do work for me. And there's this one manager, like every time I thank her, she's like, you don't need to thank me. It's my job. And my answer is, you're right. It is your job. And I can also thank you. Right. I'm thanking you because you're doing it well also. Yeah. To me, this like mentality of like, oh, you're employed here, it's your job, just do it. Yeah, you're right. But what does it cost you to, you know, show appreciation, say thank you and tell someone they did a good job when they did a good job and, you know, tell someone what they need to improve when they need to improve, you know? Right. No, it's so true. We had a session with an alum from the school a few months ago who was in the life coaching field and actually wrote this down on a little piece of paper. 
but I always look at it and he said, it's so important to accept, acknowledge and appreciate. And it's just like these three basic words. And if you just think about that in your daily life, that's just what people, it's human nature and what people need. Whoever said that is a very smart individual. <laughs> it was Michael Cullen. Yeah, well, Michael Cullen's bang on. I totally agree with that. I think it's huge. And I think leaders need to do that. Yeah. And, you know, he was also saying, and now we're going off on a little bit of a tangent, but, you know, when you're talking to people, you want to know who they are as people. Like, where are they going? What is their purpose? So I guess it kind of all comes back to though being a leader and knowing who the people are that are working for you and appreciating, acknowledging, but knowing them as people and not just that they're there, like completing their daily tasks for you. Yeah, 100%. It's so critical. Are there any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with today? Yeah, you know, I think just as a final thought, I I think it's important for wherever you are in your life, whether you're, you know, a student at LCC or you've graduated and you're out there living your life and doing your career. I think it's super important to just be true to yourself. I think it's important to give your best effort at whatever it is that you do. And I think it's important to just never be afraid to just be who you are and speak up and have a goal to make things better. I think make things better and your immediate circumstances, make things better in your organization, make things better in society. I think that that's something that anyone can do. And people need to realize that they can make a difference in anything for anyone. And, you know, just go out and do that. As my mantra says, just go do it. You know, I think, I think that's huge. Keep it simple. Oh, that's awesome. It's been a pleasure having you. I'm so glad you were able to come and have this conversation with us. So thank you for joining us. Oh, it's great, Christine. Thank you so much for having me and happy to be a part of it and share a little bit of my experiences. Thanks for listening to We Are LCC. For more, go to wearelcc.ca slash podcast. And remember to hit subscribe or follow on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.